0: past five after six, and here we go with another day's version of the Dawn Buster Show from Armed Forces Radio. I'm Airman Adrian Cronauer, and for the next four hours, we've got the best in popular music for you here, so let's get started right now with music. So that's the uh, real deal, Adrian Cronauer, the uh, subject of the hit movie of like 25 years ago, Good Morning Vietnam, starring the irascible Robin Williams. Uh, that that was uh, cool to hear the actual guy, although that was obviously non-controversial and just him doing kind of a DJ thing. Um, I remember when the movie came out, hearing some of the, the real clips of him, and he wasn't quite as manic as Robin Williams, but... You, know, you are. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, good point. Wow. I don't know. That dog's not as big as an elephant. What kind of comparison is that? Um, but I just, uh, I find myself thinking about, you know, as a guy, and Jack's the same, and he'll be back in a second, but... Um, I just, I loved radio so much as a kid and a teenager and a young man and the rest of it. It's really the reason I do this is I just, just you know, and, uh, I'm rambling, but my point is that in the midst of just the usual teenage angst and up and down and school pressure and running from school to baseball practice to my job and the rest of it, having, you know, the entertainment and the laughs and everything, that was like a really important source of joy for me. And it's one of the reasons I'm a radio freak. I love radio. I can't even imagine what it was like for guys stuck in Vietnam. You know, come for the terror, stay for the boredom and the humidity and the seeing people you grow to care about killed and and, and, and keeping in mind the uh, fairly well-known betrayals of the government, even as they're dealing with that. I can't even imagine what an Adrian Kronauer... With his humor and his irreverence and his poking uh, poking a finger at the man now and again, I can't even imagine what that meant to the guys over there. Um, If you've never seen the movie Good Morning Vietnam, it's it's great, and it's you know it's your classic uh, little guy, the man of the people, getting put down by the man, etc. But uh, it's a great film. He uh, just passed, or in the last day or so, is that right, Adrian Cronauer? Yeah, yeah. Anyway.
1: I just attempted to order a Papa John's pizza, but they're not open this early. Oh, I was going to stand by him during his time in need. Wow. And uh, that movie also made me very thankful that Robin Williams didn't actually go into radio, because otherwise nobody else would have had a job.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Although he got lots of takes to be funny and That's entertaining. True. That's uh, true. Huh? I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but, well, never mind. Oh, uh, use this moment. there's a
1: great new documentary about Robin Williams on HBO that's, yeah, I've that's heard it's really fascinating. Good. Called I think it's come
0: inside my mind, I believe is what it's called. Mm-hmm. But it's a, a, a brilliant look at a very... I'd rather not. It looks scary in there.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: My main reaction to Robin Williams' stand-up through the years was fear. I would get so nervous watching him because it always seemed like he was flopping, like he was dying. And and he was frantically trying to ad-lib his way out of it. Frequently with ingenious results. But uh, he was always on the high wire.
1: Um, we got a fair amount of response to the feral cat conversation. Yeah. That uh, Washington, D.C. is the first major city is going to try to count how many feral right. cats. And in. your
0: idea of machine gunning them.
1: Well, I think they ought to be put down anyway when you catch them. The idea of... Neutering them and setting them free. Just so you're just going to wait for them to die a miserable living on the street death,
0: having you know attacked many domestic animals, killed birds, lizards, etc. Um, right? Just
1: yeah. seem. I, I just think it's misplaced, something or other.
0: Well, there there is a standard of when a population has grown beyond the wise and 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 you know acceptable whether it's deer or elk or, or elephants or whatever else. It's just, you got to be rational. We don't know how many
1: illegals there are in this country, but we're going to count cats. We don't have any idea how many homeless people live in every city, but we're going to count cats. Pretty good point. I guess. It's an animal advocacy group, so it's not, you know, come up with your, if you can get a bunch of people together to try to count the homeless, go ahead. Um. Good luck with that. They think there are a million, did I say a million and a half Stray and feral cats in L.A. County. Every year, a million and a
0: half shelter animals are euthanized in America. About 860,000 cats a year, every year. And that's in shelters. Yeah, a lot of those would be cats that would be
1: very adoptable, whereas feral cats are not.
0: No, but you know they—they're in theory very adoptable, but there are 75 cat, well, probably 750 cats for every person who wants to adopt one. Sure, of course, and that's you know it's a tragedy, but it is. Yeah, is a uh, your local um animal control department considered a shelter? I don't know. I just wonder because they euthanize tens of thousands as well, or hundreds of thousands.
1: We have uh, we're we're great cat owners, but we've had the same cat now for uh, eleven years, something like that it's just i mean how many cats do you need and then when that cat finally dies around 15 or something like that maybe we'll get another cat but that's so like that in, in a span of a quarter century we'll be able to take care of two cats as yeah. a family that wants a cat and most families don't want a cat so it, the point is you don't need that many cats
0: it's a little rude that you're shutting sean out of this conversation <laughs> i don't see why that would be i
2: don't
1: really have any extra thing to add anyway you talk about animals you're gonna get a lot
0: of texts and emails it's just, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Never work with animals and children, they say. <laughs> never talk about them on radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so listen, very briefly in the time we have left, it's always great to hear from uh, Tom, the uh, doctor and Ph.D. guy who works in, um, uh, uh, well, CRISPR and genetics and cancer and that sort of thing. And he was commenting on the story that we mentioned a day or two ago about the fact that some of the CRISPR techniques, it turns out it, it messes up more genes than they thought and, and could actually cause cancer, et cetera, et cetera. That was the gist of the story. And um, Tom writes, colleagues in my research group and academic department have generated some of the data mentioned in the articles reporting on this subject, and I must say that the coverage is enormously sensationalized. I hope these bullet points are of use to you. They are, to the extent that I can understand them and they're a tad specific for the purposes of a radio show. But he summarizes, In my opinion, this unsurprising data has not in the least altered the course of CRISPR development because we have always planned to check cells for cancer-associated changes before use in humans. And, um, well, the long and short of it is a lot of the coverage was wildly inaccurate, lacking in context, and, and, and completely overheated. But, you know, I think that a, is journalism.
1: I think a great phd level paper would be what percentage of mainstream media stories are more misleading than they are not uh, i think that'd be a, a valuable thing to know yeah i'll bet i bet it's over half that you are better off not hearing the story than having heard it because now you're further from the truth than you were before you heard the story
0: i'm not sure how you'd assess that exactly but it's an interesting question for sure yeah um
1: I'm rooting for Tesla, but Tesla took a downgrade yesterday for some uh, for some troubling reasons. Most people believe their job is causing them to gain weight. We could touch
0: on that at some point. And a whistleblower from deep inside docks in the box. Deep inside the urgent care world. okay? The seamy dark underbelly of getting your ankle looked at to figure out if it's broke
1: instead of waiting nine weeks for an appointment.
0: I've had this cough for a week. The underbelly of that. Okay. The underchest of it. The, uh, never mind. Stay tuned. The
1: Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Gray
1: and
2: Wednesday too, Thursday I don't care about you it's Friday I'm in love. Uh, Democrats. Democrats. Yesterday, they unveiled their new midterm campaign slogan "For the People." And they say it sums up the party's position on three core issues: health care costs, infrastructure projects, and efforts to expose corruption. Their first try, a better deal. Never really seemed to resonate with voters. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, first of all, what you think of the For the People slogan uh, and whether it has uh, what it takes to to break through the noise. Joe, I'm actually meeting with uh, Tom Perez, the head of the DNC, next week to talk about messaging. And, boy, that is not the answer. Talk about a generic non-starter. Here is the campaign. Here is the message they need to run. This is the vote of your lifetime. That's this is for
1: Dominique Deutsch is one of the I think top gets pronounced douche. He's one of the biggest uh, brand managers in the world. Um he's but super his crazy. Ideas, rich. This is
0: the most important vote of your lifetime?
1: I think that's good. You don't like that. Well, this is the vote they, of your lifetime? Yeah, but they get well, people all fired up to go out and that say this phrase, matters.
0: You know what? Yeah, that's for the people's
1: going to do nothing.
0: No. Uh, the the idea that this is the most important election of our lifetimes. I mean, that's set trite. of every single election ever. I think you could sell that message, though, to... Given the circumstance and the way he worded it specifically, it looked good on a t-shirt. This is I'll the vote of your
1: elect. Him. Oh, absolutely. Would you rather be a young person standing on the corner with your... This is the vote of a lifetime t-shirt trying to convince people or for the people hmm, that's which by the way weak. the reason I don't remember what the Republican slogan was from the last eight elections is because they were probably similar to for the people did they even have one I think everybody has a slogan going into every election you just don't remember them because they're usually uh, a bunch of consultants God. who've never accomplished anything in the private sector mm. come up with something like for the people, as opposed to a guy like Donnie Deutsch, who comes up with just do it for Nike or whatever and makes a gazillion dollars, has a better idea. is a little more captivating.
0: He ought to unleash a line of bags, Deutsch bags. <laughs> Don't you think? Don't you think that'd be successful?
1: No. <laughs> I'll always remember it was either the day before or day of election. He's on Morning Joe on MSNBC. The last most important election of our lives. And uh, and they said, God, what's got you so down? He said, I think we're actually going to, what was the word he used? The particular word is important. This is a nut job or something like that. But he said, I think we're actually going to elect this nut job. And they were all like, what are you talking <laughs> about?
2: <laughs> they
1: were all, everybody on the MSNBC, said, what are you talking about? Look at the polls, dude. Right.
0: Which polls? <laughs>
1: But him, as a guy who is, you know, brand manager, real, into the reality of things, right? He he understood something going on, apparently.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what's his idea again? The election of our lifetime, the election of your lifetime. Okay,
1: okay. Well, I wish him. Well I like your that. puts it on you to do yes. something about it. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see. See what happens for the people. <laughs> That's a nothing
0: spend on that. How about for the people? Okay, good, Jim. Well, let's break. Let's go to lunch. You know, it'd be funny if the Republicans came back with their slogan, for the people, <laughs> and they just shouted it at each other, since that's kind of the idea of elections. This isn't my opinion,
1: but if you were... Who's going to be for me? If you're running the, the, the DNC, if you came up with the slogan, Trump sucks, and that was just your slogan, wouldn't that be pretty good? It's Frank. Or maybe underneath it, let's do something about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So listen, i love that's it. your biggest motivating factor, isn't it? Oh yeah, I would think so. What are the three issues I spaced off as he was saying them? Feral th- cats. No, I don't think that's correct.
1: Uh, Somebody said instead of getting spending a million and a half dollars on all those cameras, why don't you spend forty five thousand dollars on the world's biggest tuna can? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would work. My highest praise. Uh so uh, but the, uh, healthcare costs was one of their causes. Oh yeah, that's been great so far. You know, thanks for Obamacare. No, My gonna, costs are going down, you, down, well, down. You, you're
1: going to eliminate that in some people's eyes by going with universal healthcare. Then you don't have to pay oh, anything. Okay. If right. you don't understand the way the world works, but. right?
0: Yes. If you're a complete maroon. I love the whistleblower emails we get, and we work very hard to protect your. Identity. We have never given up a source. We've never had anybody get in trouble for getting us information. Never, I don't think. Uh, so if you uh, would like to blow the whistle, you know, email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. This is a uh, note from Nancy B. Smith. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I am so sorry, Nancy. Not That's, that's a joke. Al or Al Anonymous writes, now listen, boys, and... This person says, point of order. I am pretty sure I was the first to greet you with that Doug Steffen throwback so many years ago. Mm. This person claims authorship of that as a greeting. Gotcha. Hey, listen, boys. Anyway, on to business. I am one of those urgent care providers. And from what I've seen, I am the only one who isn't prescribing antibiotics for hurt feelings and severe dandruff. <laughs> Referring back to the study that came out the other day, that, that's that
1: interesting. We, we we really have trouble getting antibiotics for anything. That's wild. They're really hesitant, and you're
0: talking the box must be
1: a real outlier. And I understand the hesitancy. Mm-hmm. I get what the we're, we're going to breed superbugs,
0: right? And that will kill us all. It's yeah. not Putin. It's not China. It's not the liberals. It's some super virus. It's not I'm. I think some so in terms of a hundred million people dying. If I could bet my house on disease or nuclear war, it would be disease 100 times out of 100. Because hmm. we're, we're breeding these superbugs. Ask any emergency room person. But anyway, uh, getting back, I love the line about I'm apparently the only one not prescribing antibiotics for hurt feelings and severe dandruff. I spent most of my career working in a busy ER before taking a sweeter deal in an urgent care. So here's a sweet listicle of reasons for antibiotic overuse. Number one, the urgent care is the freaking B team. No denying it. Urgent cares just don't attract the strongest clinicians. Interesting. No offense to anybody in the uh, -the dock-in-the-box industry. Most of the B team urgent care providers are my fellow PAs and NPs. Well, are we talking about, when you say urgent care, do you mean these private, not
1: affiliated with the giant hospital things? Or because we go to urgent care through our own hospital, they call it urgent care. It's uh, nights and weekends. Good question. Don't know. And it seems to be, to a certain extent, the B team.
0: Either new or really old or I think if you're the A-team, you're not working Sunday afternoon. I would assume. Yeah. But I could be wrong. There could be some health systems listening that say, oh, no, we rotate all our people. It's part of the deal. Maybe I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I would like to hear that. Uh, most of the B-team uh, physicians assistants and nurse practitioners, a PA or NP can be a great clinician, but as I've said, the urgent cares aren't skimming from the top. Here's the kicker. Many PA NPs are more vulnerable to the need for approval and afraid of criticism, since we are always facing the you're not a doctor thing. So a weak PA, I think, is even more apt to overprescribe than a weak MD. Point three, to be a good antibiotic steward, I have to spend 10 plus minutes explaining why little Billy doesn't need antibiotics for his cold. 70% 70% of those mommies are going to forget everything I said and will then tell all their friends that I suck at my job.
1: God, it seems so simple to me. If the doctor says, no, this is viral, to go away on its own. Okay. I don't want to give my kids drugs they don't need.
0: You know what? It occurred to me when we were thinking about this the other day, talking about this. The problem is the name antibiotic. It ought to be antibacterial. If they were just called antibacterials and doctors say, you don't have a bacteria, you have a virus, so this won't do you any good. People say, oh. I think that may be part of it. I'm no Donny douche. Uh, let's see. This is where I can uh, or well, this new line of bags. Or I can, <laughs> uh, uh, or I can give them a pres- prescription. Hmm. A prescription. I, I need a prescription for this swollen tongue I have. <laughs> <laughs> or I can give them a prescription, get them out of my room in five minutes, and they'll yep. tell everybody I'm brilliant. See, that's apathetic what apathetic providers just say F it. That's what I have always
1: thought it was more of. I got. I'm I'm ten patients behind already. You want an antibiotic? Here go. One person's not going to make much of a dent in the
0: worldwide disease problem. Right. Get out of here. And Good you're luck a with pain that. in my hiney. Um.
1: The problem is, if you've ever had, and I've I've had it happen. My wife said we've had it happen with our kids. They 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 tell you they think it's viral. It turns out not to be. It doesn't go away. Then you go back and get antibiotics eventually, but you end up being sick like two weeks longer than you would have been otherwise, which right. is really annoying.
0: Right, um, Urgent cares retail medicine get most of its income from people going to the clinic for something that I would never even consider taking myself or my kid in for. God, that's that what business we all need. Model depends on the same mom showing up with a Medicaid card over and over. That should be a class in high school. Things you go to the doctor for and things you don't. That'd be a great class. So misinformed but happy customers are good for business. I believe that. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Trump-Putin's second summit surprise, and
2: considering a four-day work week, new test shows surprising results. I'm in.
1: You're going to tell me people don't want a four-day work week? That always sounds great to me. Four long days and three days off. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. you got to get to that um, four-day work week story. Yep. Getting a lot of texts from people who have that work four 10-hour days and have a three-day weekend every weekend. Sounds pretty appealing. How about three 14-hour days? Uh, we had a cop said he he did um, three 12s for a while. Mm, uh-huh. And then he'd have four days off. He said that was awful. It just the days were just too long. Really? Uh, the work days. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. He said he, the, four, the four 10s are fantastic, though.
0: Yeah, but Peace Officer is a little different than, you know, a lot of other jobs. Yeah, I, I mean I mostly know. it'd be boredom and you sure wish you could go home and watch T V, not, you know, the stress, wonder, et cetera.
1: How, yeah. I just wonder how productive you'd be on a shift that long. I'm not very productive now. I wish we <laughs> could do it. If we could do if we could do four five hour shows and then take Friday off every week. Done. Yeah. It obviously doesn't <clears> work <throat> for this industry, but, but you should hear that
0: fifth hour. Yeah. <laughs> A little slow-paced, I promise you.
1: We play a few more country songs during that fifth hour than we normally do. Let's get the news Here's now. Here's a
0: clip of the president talking about Russia. It's uh, 20 minutes long. Here you go. <laughs> There'd be a lot of that.
2: News now with Marshall Phillips. Now, well, President Trump's inviting Russia's Vladimir Putin to meet with him again this time in the White
0: House. It's only polite, Marshall. They had you over, you got to have them over. Right. Although I guess it was Helsinki, wasn't it? Was. It? So Washington meeting would be a dramatic extension of legitimacy to the
2: Russian leader that's long been isolated by the West. A Russian <laughs> leader has not visited in nearly a decade. Trump's top intelligence official, National Intelligence Director Dan Coats, was among those who didn't know about the invitation, asking with surprise when Andrea Mitchell told him about it during an appearance at the Aspen Security Forum.
0: <sighs> Say, we have some breaking news. The White House has announced on Twitter that Vladimir Putin is coming to the White House in the fall.
1: So Say that again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you. Vladimir Putin coming Did I to hear the you? Yeah, I hear yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's going to be special. <laughs>
1: He seems wow. like a likable guy. and yeah, then He's he just—he's he,
0: well-respected, too.
1: Yeah. He, well, he's obviously not super concerned about if they fired him today. He'd just think, yeah, I did my mm-hmm. best. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to doing whatever he was doing before. <clears throat> um, he could have, by course, of course, I suppose if he wanted to be true to his boss, he could have acted like he knew. That'd be a weird thing to do, I suppose.
0: Yeah, that'd be tough to pull off. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a clearly a uh, good idea to... Move things forward. Uh, well, what what are you going to discuss? I don't know. I'm when right. is it? Well, soon. I'm going to run out with <laughs> right. this conversation.
1: But what right. is there a specific thing Trump wants to get out of Putin? Is hoping for, or just general
0: better relations? All copies of the tape would be a start. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> again with the peepee tape. Uh, uh, the uh, the ego gratification as of being seen as a great uh, diplomat. I guess, and dealmaker. That's part of it. Of course, every president's motivated by that, to be fair. We, we haven't uh, played the clip. Something specific quali- uh, policy-wise? Uh, just less conflict, I guess.
2: We
1: haven't played the clip, and we should have, to be fair, with Trump saying yesterday, look, if, if, if Putin backs out on any of our agreements, I'm going to be the worst enemy he's ever had.
0: N.P. freaking R. This morning did a feature where they had to admit that Trump has been markedly tougher on Russia and Putin than Obama ever was by leaps and bounds. I'll grant you, it's kind of odd how the rhetoric doesn't match the policy. There are some who think that his entire foreign policy team is at odds with the POTUS, but I, I'm not sure I Have buy you ever
1: that. had a salesman be really nice to you and then you realize you got screwed? Well, yes. I mean, that's Which what... Which was what I was saying that's before. That's what Trump is. He's
0: a salesman who's really nice to you and screws you. Right. Hey, that's a really good idea of Vladimir. That's something we'd be happy to consider. right Hmm. He rubs his chin. Hmm. And then he goes back <laughs> into his team and says, can you believe what this idiot thought we'd go for, please? I, I just got to wait and see on so many things. I think that playbook is very
1: effective when you're trying to get building permits from city oh, council yeah. members. Uh, yeah, I sure. would agree. It I, might not work in world diplomacy to do the sales guy thing.
0: I, I will also that tell... That certainly,
1: certainly could be true.
0: I will tell you this. I am concerned, and I don't know the answer. I am concerned that Trump doesn't realize... Although I, I, my, my guess is he does, but I'm concerned that he doesn't realize that... The quote-unquote improved relations are 100% likely to, resort to result in Vladimir Putin doing something truly dangerous and reprehensible. And then saying, whoa, 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 wait, whoa, whoa, you didn't want us to do that? Oh, hey, my buddy, my friend, we got good relations going on, let's, let's talk about this, let's negotiate this. I'll keep the land that we just took the chunk of Estonia we just invaded, or, or, you know, Estonians took themselves in uniforms that look a little like ours. And, uh, but no, let's negotiate some more. I, that's a 100% guarantee. I just hope he knows that. Switching gears, test run of a four-day
2: work week has come up with some surprising results. A company in the New Zealand lets employees work four days a week 32 hours total while paying them for a 40-hour work week. They found the experiment was so successful they are planning to make the change permanent. The New York Times is reporting the company Perpetual Guardian, which manages customers' trusts and their estates, found the four-day work week actually boosted productivity among its 240 employees. Obviously not productivity per hour, but Total productivity. Total. Supervisors reported workers were more creative, attendance was better, they were on time, and they didn't leave early or take long breaks. The shorter work week prompted... Until you got used to it. Mm, wait a minute!
0: <laughs> there is a principle of of, of uh, conditioning, and yeah, until it's no I can't longer the
1: name of it. Until it's no longer a perk or like an unusual change, it's just the way your life
0: has been. Right, you're no longer energized and, and refreshed. Then we bring and, out yeah. my three day work week plan. Go ahead, Marshall. This is fine. <laughs> that's right. This right. shorter work week. You're no longer week. grateful, etc. cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You'd yes. no longer be grateful for it. Yeah. The
2: shorter work week prompted employees to find ways of increasing their productivity. Meetings were cut from two hours to thirty minutes employees worked out where they were wasting time they worked smarter and not harder hmm. and when hiring it was determined supervisors should negotiate the task to be performed rather than basing contracts on hours that new employees had to spend in the office well
1: I've always been a big believer in judge the results of what gets done not the yeah. hours somebody sits in a desk
0: but anyway, four-day work week on the horizon for all of us, maybe? Well, except that we utterly punctured a hole in in your harebrained theory, Marshall. Which is, it'll be a temporary effect. No, 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 no. That was a
2: theory that was proposed by Positive Sean. It wasn't proven. wasn't it's, proven. It's, it's, it's if you know human anything, nature.
0: If you know anything wow. about humanity. Yeah, it's human nature. Hey, one last quick note.
2: Here's a story of a lovely lady. The California home, whose exterior was shot as the Brady family home, and the Brady Bunch is up for sale for about $2 million. The two-bedroom, three-bathroom split-level home in L.A. was bought in 1973 for $61,000. Sixty-one, 61 dollars Yes. The original owners uh, Even died. Even adjusted
1: for inflation, that wouldn't be much. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: The original owners uh, have died. Their children are selling the property, which the real estate agent says gets 30 to 50 visitors a day showing up to see it oh, and really? have their pictures taken out in front cool. of
1: it. Yeah, you got the den. You know, yeah. you can sit in there, and if your kids come in and need some wise
0: advice, you give them some advice. Right, with an orchestra playing in the background somehow. <laughs> right. um, it's said to be the most photographed house in America. Is Next so really? to the White yeah. House. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That big. may or may not be true. It's a catchy headline, I believe. Yes. Six kids <laughs> sharing a bathroom. Woo.
2: There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
0: Got a living maid who's banging the butcher? What? Huh? That's indelicate, sir. That was indelicate. She doesn't have the right for love because she's a domestic servant. I just think it's gonna <laughs> no, oh, domestic worker. Yeah. I just
1: think it's gonna muddle up things. Your butcher, you know, and the worlds are colliding. I don't know.
0: <laughs> you think maybe they got like a kickback scheme or he, he like overcharges for the meat? And she winks and, and, she goes and he along gives with it right. right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Alice didn't seem to work a lot. A lot of sitting
1: around the table having coffee with Carol. Why does yeah. cracks are work <laughs>
0: exactly. Look at us <laughs> uh,
1: People believe their job is causing them to gain weight among other things coming up. It's not
0: helping. The Armstrong and Getty show
2: Armstrong and Getty
0: the conscience of the of nation), of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: You know, I like the Diamond Dave Van Halen, but I really like the Sammy Hagar Van Halen, too. I like mm-hmm. them both. They're just mm-hmm. different bands. Yeah.
0: If I got to pick one, it's got to be Diamond Dave. Comparing
1: them seems like, I don't know if there's any point, they're different, really different bands, but yeah. my kids love the Sammy Hagar Van Halen.
0: Yeah, well, it's more childlike.
1: <laughs> it is more uh, consumable, no yeah, doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, this is breaking news. President Trump's lawyer, you might remember Michael Cohen. Sus who? Says who? Polls. Which polls? All, all of them? Some of them? All of them? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> remember him? Uh, He says, this is according to the New York Times, that he secretly recorded Trump before the 2016 election discussing payments to uh, porn star, Stormy Daniels.
0: Oh,
1: what? So he secretly recorded Trump's conversations? I believe he secretly recorded everybody's conversations. Probably. He, well, you know what? You hire that sort of guy to do dirty work. He's in the dirty work business. Did you just bring up Stormy
0: Daniels under any
1: context? Well, I think secret recordings of the now president is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, well, I don't think it's a big deal that I, you know. What
0: about the campaign contributions?
1: I, I don't care that he that he came up with an arrangement with the porn star that hey, you keep your mouth shut, I'll give you this much money or whatever it is. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. So even if we find out, but it'd be pretty interesting to hear the conversation. Don't you think if that comes out? Oh yeah. Actually hear the conversations.
0: Yeah. I guess New York's a one party consent state for recording and. That ain't cool, dude. Don't record my private conversations. Tell you what, if I were him, I'd watch his back. A drone coming his way, huh? Remember when the
1: FBI went into his office and there was a lot of talk over whether or not that was overblown or should you do that or whatever that's... The FBI seized the recordings during that raid and they had some reason to believe that he had those recordings and that they had to go in on a raid or he would have destroyed them perhaps. Yeah. And it's uh, paying women to tamp down embarrassing stories. So it could be more than just that one.
0: But what was... But you get to do that. you got to all remember that. Yeah. You can
1: do that. I could do that. I can have sex with some woman and say, I'll give you $5,000 if you don't tell my
0: wife. That's not against the law. Right. Not from your point of view. If she demands it, then it's blackmail. Yeah. Extortion. If well, you're
1: into the whole campaign finance thing, oh, okay, please. well, then you better. What a joke. Yeah, I mean, really.
0: Hey, did you hear uh, 49ers, uh, San Francisco 49ers, handsome, Hansi, handsome quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo was seen squiring a porn girl around? on that uncool? Or? Took her out on a date in Beverly Hills. Are you not allowed to do that? As a, I don't know, the role model, a member of the community, et cetera, et cetera, a professional fornicator, uh, I don't know. She's an actress. Yeah. Again, they're not acting. They're actually fornicating. <laughs>
1: this is, yeah. There's some acting. <laughs> they're acting like they enjoy it.
0: Yes. That it's not a paycheck <laughs> yeah. in front of a crew. Weird.
1: Uh, so this has been getting a fair amount of conversation. You know, we added another country to NATO fairly recently. Mm-hmm. There are now 30. And Beautiful Montenegro. And, uh, I couldn't find it if I had to. I'm it's guessing, beautiful this time of year. I'm guessing it's somewhere between Germany and Russia. Well, uh, kind of, sort of. Okay. It's in the Balkans. But anyway, um, Tucker Carlson asked Trump about that the other night, and this is getting a fair amount of attention.
2: So, membership in NATO obligates the members to defend any other member that's attacked. So let's say Montenegro, which joined last year, is attacked. Why should my son go to Montenegro to defend it from attack? Why is that? I understand what you're saying. I've asked the same question. You know, Montenegro is a tiny country with very strong people. Yeah, I'm not against Montenegro. Or Albania. No, by the way, they're very strong people. They're very aggressive people. They may get aggressive. And congratulations, you're in World War III. Now, uh, I understand that, but that's the way it was set up.
1: So do you understand the way the whole NATO thing works? Article
0: 5, Jack.
1: There's the Article 5 that an attack on one is an attack on all. So
0: in theory... Articles 1 through 4 all about who pays for lunch. Well, Article
1: article 3 is you have to pay a certain amount on your own defense and nobody was doing it. So everybody feels free to ignore Article 3 while we pay for the whole (laughs) freaking thing. Mm. But Article 5 is a big deal. Um, and the whole point is that any attack on any country, we all band together and, and resist. Yes. I, I had George will, who I really like the Washington post has been saying for years, like a dozen years that article five is a joke. We would not come to the defense of a lot of those countries and neither would some of the other major powers, Britain or Germany. they're not going to send troops in or say it's just as similar as just as if we were attacked here in Germany. Th-
0: that has been a joke forever. Congratulations, Vlad. Vlad Putin. Go ahead. Run roughshod over Europe. Jack just invited you in. Jack has just torn down the bulwark of anti-Soviet slash uh, Russian aggression for the past 70 years. Are you proud of yourself? I agree. I don't think we would come. I don't think most of
1: the major countries in NATO would. Would automatically honor Article Five, depending on the
0: situation. You'd think we'd kind of shuffle and look at our feet and say, "Yeah, well, we're considering." Well, uh, it's just the a pe- proper response. Like all this something. stuff, yeah. it's a
1: piece of paper, and at the point that it doesn't serve your interest, you say, "I'm out."
0: On the other hand, what Donald J. just said about Montenegro getting aggressive—they're very aggressive. Well, that's ridiculous, and they're going to attack Russia. What are you talking about? It's a—it's t- a country of six hundred fifty thousand people.
1: But if they got in a beef, it's not Russia invading and we think, okay, we need to get involved in this or they're, you know, they're going to run over Europe, et cetera, et cetera. That makes sense. But if Montenegro jumped ugly with some other country over some other dispute, oil rights or something, I don't know enough about Montenegro, but they get into a battle with someone else. We're not going to get involved in that. They get attacked. No way we are. I'm not even sure we would if Russia moved on them. Well, see, that's an
0: issue. That's a problem. And that's the reason NATO exists, because the Russian bear will pluck off the weak, one after the other after the other, till it reestablishes its empire.
1: Well, I guarantee a public opinion would be way against it. Us sending troops to Montenegro to defend them against the Russians. It wouldn't even be close.
0: Well, the great balancing act that is uh, Article 5 in NATO is that
1: Again, overlooking Article 3. If they're so damned into Article 5, how about you pay what
0: you're supposed to pay? The uh, the idea is that because of the existence of it, there will be no need for it. And it's right. worked. It's worked brilliantly, mostly. That is how we got all those
1: countries to join us after 9-11. I mean, exactly. that's, that's why Poland sent some troops to Afghanistan is because of Article 5.
0: And that's also more or less how World War One happened. Yep. Yep. So there's that. There is. But that was a long time ago, so it doesn't count. It doesn't matter. It doesn't? History is a waste of time. (laughs) Don't study it. Modern people are smart. They wouldn't make those mistakes. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.